Hey friends, you're listening to OKY. I'm your host, Michael Grove. Happy Monday to all of you. It is February the 12th, and we are here in the Bible reading plan, reading one chapter at a time. Now, the last two weeks have had the awesome privilege of having some students with us. Unfortunately, that will not be happening today. But stay tuned. Some point this week, you will hear me with a student or two, and we will be able to read the Bible together. But for now, let's jump in together into Proverbs chapter 6. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, you have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, to free yourself. Since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands, go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbor no rest. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man, a troublemaker and a villain who go about with a corrupt mouth, who winks maliciously with his eye, signals with his feet, and motions with his fingers, who plots evil with deceit in his heart. He always stirs up conflict. Therefore, disaster will overtake him in an instant. He will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light. And correction and instruction are the way to life, keeping you from your neighbor's wife from the smooth talk of a wayward woman. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty, or let her captivate you with her eyes. For a prostitute can be had for a loaf of bread, but another man's wife preys on your very life. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his hunger when he is starving. Yet, if he is caught, he must pay sevenfold, though it costs him all the wealth of his house. But a man who commits adultery has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. Blows and disgrace are his lot, and his shame will never be wiped away. For jealousy arouses a husband's fury 
and he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. He will not accept any compensation. He will refuse a bribe, however great it is. This concludes the reading of Proverbs chapter 6. Let me give you a quick thought before we end our time together. Okay, I don't know why I said a quick thought, because there is so much in Proverbs chapter 6. I don't know if I'll give you a quick thought or if I'll keep talking for a long time, because there's so much to say here. But let me just start at the beginning. If you've ever taken financial peace, then you understand this verse. Verse number five says, free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter. So if you've ever watched those wildlife shows, the gazelle, whenever a lion or something comes after it, picks up speed so quickly and just runs until it can't run anymore. It knows its life is in danger and it won't rest no matter what. So it just runs as hard and fast as it can. And the truth is, most of the time, the lion does not get the gazelle. I don't know if you know this about lions or not, but they're actually, they don't have great stamina. They can't run fast and hard for a long time. And so if the gazelle can just run harder and faster, it will outlast the lion. So Dave Ramsey talks about this in Financial Peace. He talks about the fact that if you have debt, it's slowly going to swallow you. So you have to do whatever you can. Run as hard and fast after debt reduction. Sell things. Make extra money. Pay off everything that you can. Otherwise, it begins to snowball and take you over. Now, many of you out there right now are listening to this and wondering, well, what do I do? You might even feel like you have more bills than you have money coming in. That's where you have to stop and say, what would the gazelle do in the middle of the lions? Would it just sit there and be swallowed up? Or would it fight with everything that it had? I bet you would be the gazelle that fought with everything that it had. So if you're facing major debt right now, do whatever you can to get out of it. Sell things, find extra jobs, cut back on different things like Starbucks, Netflix. Maybe even stop eating out or change up your grocery schedule. But you have to keep the end in mind. Do you want to be swallowed by your debt or do you want to get out of it? You see, Solomon, way back many years ago, talks about this in verse 2. He says, You have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. This is when making a pledge to someone else, or how we would say it today, when you get into debt. So find ways to get out of it as quick as you can. It's the most important, best thing that you can do for yourself. Well, that leads us to the six things the Lord hates, or the seven that are detestable to him. Listen to this list. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. These are pretty easy lists, right? Like we know what they mean. Haughty eyes might be confusing, but it's somebody who's proud, who thinks they're better than everybody else. A lying tongue, someone who constantly tells things that aren't the truth, maybe stirs up rumors or talks bad behind someone's back. Or hands that shed innocent blood. This isn't just about murder. This is about hurting those that 
you know, don't deserve it. Doing things that are vindictive or malicious. A heart that devises wicked schemes. You ever met somebody who's always trying to do things their way and doesn't care if it hurts other people? Or how about feet that are quick to rush into evil? People that are always looking for the next cool, fun, trendy thing. Or people who are looking to take advantage of other people and they're quick to move about it. How about a false witness who pours out lies? You ever met one of those? It just causes hurt and pain. Or last, a person who stirs up conflict in the community. God knows the outcome of all these things. What is the outcome? That it hurts other people. All of these things cause pain for the people around you instead of bringing life and hope and joy. And that's why the seventh is distinguished on its own as being detestable to the Lord. And that seventh one is a person who stirs up conflicts in the community. You see, it's about hurting other people, not about bringing life. If you haven't noticed, God is about all people. And his plan for our life is more about others than it is ourself. And so we have to be people who are honest, who love others, who try to do what's best for them. A person who stirs up conflict in the community only hurts the people of God as a whole, only causes disruption and disunity. And God's plan is that there would be unity so that all people would know him. Okay, so, so far in this chapter, we have Solomon saying, get out of debt, do whatever you can at the speed of a gazelle. Then he says to make sure you stay away from these things that are detestable to the Lord. And these things are things that hurt other people. And then probably the last segment in your Bible once again warns against adultery. Now, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I said that whenever Solomon is talking about a woman, he is talking about, do you remember? Wisdom. Here is another example of that. Listen to verse 20. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. What is he talking about here? He's talking about wisdom. He says, bind them always on your heart, fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light and correction and instruction are the way to life. Listen to this next part keeping you from your neighbor's wife. So I don't mean to say that these verses don't give us instruction for marriage and for purity inside of marriage. However, he just went from making sure you understand to obey the teachings of your mother. And then he gives you all these things that these teachings will do. They'll keep you out of trouble. They'll keep you walking the right path. But listen to what else it will keep you from. Keeping you from your neighbor's wife. From the smooth talk of a wayward woman. So, did he really switch all of a sudden to marriage into adultery? Or is he still talking about wisdom? He uses the example of a mother that would have been known as a wholesome person, someone watching out for the best of their children. And now he's contrasting that by saying, Keep you away from your neighbor's wife, from a wayward woman. Do you see the contrast he's making? I remember a term that guys used to use when they were talking about different types of girls. And there was this one term that they would say, well, she's not the type of person that you bring home to mama. 
What does that mean? Well, it's not the type of person that your mother would want for her son. Now, that can mean a whole bunch of different things, but the truth is, everybody knows that a son wants to please their mother, and so they're going to listen to their mother's instruction. They're going to keep that close to them and try to make sure that they do what's right in her eyes, because no boy wants to let down their mama. So the contrast here is to keep hold of your mother's words and not be drawn away to something else. He's using this contrast to help us understand wisdom once again. Wisdom is something that we should strive after because it pleases the Lord. However, there's so many other things that look good and draw our attention away from God. Those things pull at us and try to keep us from doing what is right, even when we know it is wrong. But the problem is, if it's wrong, it causes destruction. Listen to verse 28 and 29. Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. Chasing after the things that aren't godly causes destruction. It causes hurt and pain. And if you don't do the wise thing, it always leads to this type of destruction. Solomon would then move in verse 34 to talking about a husband's fury. He says, For jealousy arouses a husband's fury, and he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. He will not accept any compensation. He will refuse a bribe, however great it is. Sure, once again, this can be talking about a husband and wife relationship. However, he's been talking about following instruction and making wise decisions. So if we continue down the track of this being about wisdom, understand, God does not take mercy on sin. Yes, he has mercy for sinners, but he knows that sin always leads to pain. He doesn't block us from that pain. Why? Because he wants us to learn. He wants us to grow and come out of the ways that are destructive towards us. So he allows pain to happen and allows us to have to pay for the compromises that we make. But let me say this to wrap things up. Whether it be someone who is stuck in debt, I pray that you get out of debt because it can try to control your life. So I pray that God would give you gazelle strength to run away from it as fast as possible, to do whatever it takes to pay it off and to get free from being entrapped by it. Or maybe you struggle with humility. Guess what? We all do at some level. I pray that God would give you the ability to humble yourself, not to have haughty eyes. And I pray that you're never a person who stirs up conflict inside of the community, always trying to cause trouble to make yourself feel better. But most importantly, if you're someone who has walked away from the wise decision, If you have found yourself trapped, not knowing how to get out of the mess that has come from your decisions, the good news is this. We serve a gracious, loving Heavenly Father who cares for you deeply. And if you turn to Him, He will give you strength and help you find a way to get out of those problems. And even more importantly, the reason He says that He does not like someone who stirs up trouble or conflict in the community is because the community of believers is supposed to be the place where you can find strength. 
It's supposed to be the place where you can go and have someone pray for you and encourage you as you get out of the trouble you're in. So find that type of community today, the kind that would love you and help you no matter what you're walking through. And if you don't know that type of community, please know that if I can help in any way, I would do whatever I can to help you, pray with you, and encourage you as you walk away from the destructive things that have surrounded you. So look me up if you can, and I will help you any way that is possible. But until then, that's all the time we have left for today. I love you, and God bless. Oh, 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 oh,